Hello, you're listening to Extra Pieces, a fortnightly podcast dedicated to the world of the Lego fan. I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick and... I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog and it is the 29th of April, 2021. We're not going to be publishing this on the 24th of April because it's only been a week since we published our last episode. We're going to release it a little bit closer to May the 4th. Why on earth would we be wanting to do that, do you think, Jay? I think there's a there's a tie in to a a long a long long time ago in a galaxy far far away. May the fourth be with you and, and you too. It's the great merchandising festival associated with Star Wars and Lego Star Wars in particular. We've seen a few interesting sets released, and we've discussed a few of them over the last couple of weeks from the point of view of the Star Wars helmets. The Darth Vader helmet as well as the Scout Trooper helmet and also the probe droid from Empire Strikes Back. We discussed those back in episode one. Jay, last week we saw another LEGO Star Wars set announced that it's just been released on the 1st of May and that's an R2-D2 that's of a similar scale to the one that was released about nine years ago. I understand you've had a chance to have a look at it, as have I. What do you think about it? Oh, I, I loved it. It's it's been yeah, close to close to ten years since the first R two D two and I I had very fond memories of owning and buying and building the R two D two. So um my old R two D two was in storage. Um it was nice to kind of fish it out of storage and kind of shocking to see it after so long. But it's it's a really nice update to the old R2-D2 and you know unlike a lot of conventional Lego sets it was really fun to put together I think it's got a great combination of you know a Technic core and frame and traditional brick building to finish you off. And I had a look at the instructions of the old R2-D2 it's not one that I've had the opportunity to build but as you say it's one that you own and the building techniques in the two appear to be completely different while they both look like R2-D2 and on a pretty similar scale and superficially pretty similar the workings towards putting them together could they? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes and no because it's, it's, it's been a long time and I'm pretty sure my instructions are missing or in a shoebox somewhere but um, I had to reassemble part of parts of my R2-D2 just because it you know kind of broke up in storage um, in parts but I think there are some similarities in how they're assembled and I think the I think the biggest I think the wow factor um, so so the both of us were lucky enough to sit in on a a round table with the Lego Star Wars team and um what was that like three weeks ago four weeks ago when they you know gave us an advanced look at the uh 2021 r2d2 and um i still remember like the 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 one takeaway from that was the when they showed off the uh the third leg um mechanism and just how it worked so seamlessly it was it was almost like the perfect um it was almost the perfect demo for it I, I agree. The new mechanism works by tilting the body of R2 so that the leg drops down and it really just gave that 
same sort of look and that feel that you get when you're looking at R2 as he goes in the movies from two-leg to three-leg mode as he sort of rolls off on a mission somewhere and that leg drops down. It struck me as being a lot smoother than the pusher button on the back of the body that you had with, with the old version, um, 10225. Yeah, the biggest, I think the biggest and most noticeable change about the 2021 R2-D2 is the head. I think it represents a a leap forward, a, a reflection of current design trends. Um, what do you think about the, um, the new head versus the older, more pixelated, more stud-heavy head? We're going from 8-bit graphics through to... Uh... 4k hd aren't we i really like the way in which the curves and these are the curves and slopes on this model give that feeling of the dome of r2d2's head a few of these are certainly newer elements that weren't weren't readily available in the time that the previous model was done and i I think it's certainly a, a huge improvement overall on the whole shape yeah I, I kind of like the the old school charm of the older R2D2 and just the just the overall aesthetics. I think a few small upgrades on the head such as the the larger um what's his his eye. Yep, the larger optical sensor which is yep. now a um a minifigure sh- round shield element. I don't know. I feel I feel very attached to the the old R two D two and the almost you know, it's just got a very classic you know, classic look to it. I I don't I don't disagree. Um, that it does have a classic look. I I think this model probably looks slightly closer to the source material than the previous model. If you own the previous model and don't want to get this one it's not a quantum leap forward on display experience i think however as far as building experience it's dramatically different to the previous one and so if you do own the previous one there is certainly plenty for you to get out of this new version of r2d2 as a building experience yeah i like that they've made it just different enough to give it its own identity that it doesn't um, completely make the old one obsolete. I feel mm. like it's been it's been quite interesting. I think if you look at if you look at Lego's approach to UCS sets um, recently, and we've had a few recent examples. So we have the Death Star, which was a carbon copy re-release of the of the old Death Star. I don't think they made many changes to it so that was almost like a you know a a one-to-one re-release which is gonna i've heard it claimed that there are some differences in the builds themselves there were a few new minifigures included i don't think that difference was dramatic no not enough to call it a new set um and then the i think the only other one that we can look at as uh as well and this is an interesting case study is the snow speeder where the most recent snow speeder was you know by far a an upgrade and was the definitive version of the snow speeder that you should get and build that kind of rendered the original UCS snow speeder almost obsolete like you would not display the old one when you could display the new one whereas i think with R2 
I appreciate their um their their design um objectives here, which was to obviously, you know, reissue and re-release a very popular Star Wars set for off that would please a lot of fans. Ten years ago was a long time and a lot of people would have missed out on it. The price of the old R2D2 is, you know, is creeping up on the secondary market. But they've made it in such a way that it doesn't render it obsolete. It's almost like this is a variant that you could display side by side with the old one and you know, it wouldn't necessarily undercut owners of the original R2-D2. I don't own the old one. I feel quite happy just owning this this yeah. model of R2-D2. I don't feel the need to chase up any other models of a similar size. Yeah, and I think I think that's what, you know, I think that's what's ultimately Lego's objective here, which is to cater to fans who missed out on the original R2-D2, but at the same time, give it enough of a update and a refresh throw in a few cool play features like the the lightsaber the lightsaber was such a nice like such a great surprise is this in your opinion a ucs set it's an interesting question um so may the 4th or sort of early may we often do see a ucs set released now in the past some of the times this has been a bit contentious and i'm looking at new attack on hoth which was a UCS set, had the badge, but no one, no one, no, no one considers it a UCS set. And and I think if you were to, if that set were to be re-released today, it would not be labelled UCS because we now have the Master Builder series. So there are a few things that make me say that this is not a UCS set. One is that the plaque is probably not the right size. The the plaque that you put the sticker on for this is 6 by 12 studs, which is quite a bit smaller than the standard plaque that goes with your typical UCS set. The second thing is that UCS sets are generally prominently branded as being Ultimate Collector Series on the box, and nowhere on the box is there any markings that suggest that this might be a UCS set. And... Ultimately, I think the most telling thing that this is not a UCS set is the fact that when he was asked directly, Jens Fredriksson, who's the design manager for Lego Star Wars, said, no, it's not. It's a droid sculpture. They're not UCS sets in the minds of the design team. Now, I think these definitions have probably only come to pass in the last couple of years. Perhaps I've pulled that trump card out a little bit too soon for my for my here are three reasons why we shouldn't think <laughs> there um <laughs> because I think that last one's the telling one the design manager said so yeah but I I'm 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 going to be I'm going to take a very contrarian position to that and I think ultimately in any any hobby or in any um you know any any hobby that has a you know a very active fan component, I think ultimately the fans dictate, and it's the customers and fans who ultimately decide what is a UCS set or not a UCS set. 
I remember, you know, um, Assault on Hoth, the, you know, it was, it was an assault on Star Wars fans, you know, there was, there was a, there was just a massive, um, just lots of drama in that, I think most Lego fan media completely, you know, sh- slammed the set for for having a for for having the audacity to be called a UCS set so I think one of those like that's a good example but from my perspective the old R2D2 was considered a UCS set there Mm -hmm. are quite a number of different references in DK you know collectors the Star Wars encyclopedias I believe there's a there's a poster there's an old poster with all the UCS sets released so far, and R2-D2 was on it. Mm-hmm. And if this is a, a refresh or a slight incremental update to R2-D2, it should then inherit the UCS classification. So that, in my perspective, in, in the, in, through, my, through my lens and in my eyes, it is absolutely a UCS set. Because I feel like, I feel like it's, you you can't you can't just have a badge you know dictate whether something's a UCS set or not. I think in the last few years, as fans have become a much more significant aspect and um, of of the Lego design culture and and aiming to provide a degree of consistent quality or build experience for UCS or not. I think the team have actively redefined what UCS is, and we've seen that when we sort of look at Hoth. That set would never be defined as a UCS set were it to be released today. Mm. It would be likely to be rebadged as a Master Builder series, Mm. like... um, the like cantina the cantina or the cloud city betrayal of cloud city absolutely but i don't think anyone would even try to refer to this as would try to refer to that as a ucs set in in the current milieu um yeah and i think um it's it's quite funny because the the term ucs um, I think if you look at the history and usage of UCS, it has it it's 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 kind of received a bit of a um, it's it's almost been co opted by fans to you know before we had eighteen plus before we had creator expert um, the term UCS was sort of thrown around to denote a big set with a um, a plaque a sticker plaque, you know, any, yep. you know, um, the, the Batmobile was called a UCS Batmobile. Mm. Uh, the helicarrier what? was called a UCS helicarrier. It's, it's just like, I, I feel like it's been the, the, the fan community has, you know, in many ways co-opted and, and, and almost taken ownership of, you know, what is a UCS or not almost. Mm. It's interesting because when you look at the Batmobile, I think it's actually labelled Ultimate Collector's Batmobile rather than Ultimate Collector Series. Ah, interesting. I did not know that. Let me just make sure that I am not making stuff up. 7784, the Batmobile is referred to as the Ultimate Collector's Edition. (laughs) 
UCE doesn't have the same doesn't doesn't roll off the tongue. Um, no, it doesn't. And it was released in two thousand and six. So at this stage, the Star Wars UCS range was certainly well established. Yeah, and I I I feel like you know people have called the BB eight set a UCS BB eight as well, just because it comes with a with a plaque. So and they've done the same with the Porg. <laughs> UCS Porg. Yep. UCS Porg and a UCS child. Yeah. And I think like I think looking back at a at a time where Lego did not intentionally target adult builders or builders with deep pockets or fans with deep pockets. Mm. Um I think fans were just looking for a way to label sets that were highly detailed, you know, expensive, had, you know, more than X amount of pieces. So I felt I, you know, I feel like that's 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 the the genesis of the I guess the democratization of the UCS term. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just gonna call it a UCS. I've called it a UCS. I consider it a UCS and rubbed some people the wrong way because it's not what Lego says, but you know I think it's what the uh, it's what the fans say ultimately. Um, I I think I've I've seen the fan base split on whether they consider it to be a UCS or not, and I'm happy to for people to call it what they will. I'm happy to consider my R2D2 as being a droid sculpture rather than a, a UCS. He's got a little bit too much play value for me to consider him to be a UCS display model, but probably not so much that I should be that precious about it. <laughs> Now, there have been a collection of UCS rumours floating around, um, things things that we know we know, things that the Lego group know that we know that they know that we know about. I mean, they the, told us in the roundtable that the UCS gunship, and that, that was a really the gunship, The Republic gunship, yes. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, Brickset, Brickset has yeah, another UCS set listed for 2021, so... Um, I've made... Make of that what you will. Seven five three o three. Have we ever had a year where we've had two UCS sets? So I I feel like that's another consideration on why Lego did not label this R two D two as a UCS set because I felt like I feel like it it just breaks a lot of their internal rules about how many UCS sets you can release in a year. 2016 was a pretty horrible year when you consider that it was Assault on Hoth followed by the second version of the Death Star. They've got two models left for this year. We might we might get a Master Builder series. I feel like, you know, don't, so, don't rule that one, that one out. So so the one the ones that I've heard, the, the one that has great credibility, AT-AT. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's, that's pretty much a given. I... So on that, I don't think we'll get an ATAT this year. I think two UCS sets in the second half is going to be overkill, and one of them is going to get pushed. We'll use the argument of one was a planned UCS, mm-hmm. and the other one was a fan vote. So I reckon they'll use that justification to get around it. Typically, we get a. A master builder series and a and a UCS set. So unless we're not getting a master builder series this year, mm. and 
the ATAT fills the slot of a master builder series and we get a gunship. Makes sense. They could both be considered UCS. It's a significant year for Lucasfilm being the 50th anniversary. Um, but no movie coming out. And I feel like for if you were to if you were to drop two UCS sets, three if you include R2-D2 in a year, it would have to be a pretty special year. Um, we do have the Bad Batch, which yep. is a Clone, era, Clone Wars era series, um, even if it's just limited run, coming up on Disney Plus very on soon. May the 4th. On May the 4th. By the time you uh, listen to this, the Bad Batch will be out. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I I love the Clone Wars, and I think that Dave Filoni has single-handedly um, set about the reversal of the prequels as a you know a maligned chapter in the Star Wars saga. I feel like. Um, I'm not sure if you've watched the the Clone Wars, but again, big fan of the characterization of Anakin, of the clones, of it just gives so much context and 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 breadth to the events of Episode One, uh, Episode Two, and Three specifically. Yeah. Um, it it makes uh it yeah I think you know the you know, I cannot say enough about how 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 impactful Clone Wars has been, and because I grew up where it was cool to make fun of the prequels and Jar Jar Binks, and you know, for for the longest time, the prequels had a terrible reputation um, until the Clone Wars, and people discovered the Clone Wars, and they go like, I I get it now. I was I was ten I think I was ten or eleven when the uh when the Phantom Menace came out and I I remember like it was the biggest it it was such a big deal and mm. up until that point I don't think I had watched any Star Wars but because there was so much buzz around the the Phantom Menace um. Yeah, it, it 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 was actually quite a remarkable time. I feel like there was just this energy that mm. and anticipation that oh my gosh, we were getting a new Star Wars movie. Yeah, no, I I agree that there was such a thrill and anticipation about it, and I think there were feeling of a little bit of a letdown, the Phantom Menace, but I was able to justify it to myself from the point of view of I wasn't the target demographic. And that the target demographic for that film was, in fact, 10-year-old boys. Oh, that was me. Jay, that was you. That was me. Um, and yeah, I, I, I actually, like, when I was 10 or 11 and I watched it in the cinema, I, it, it, was, it was the best thing. Um, yeah. I remember, like, Darth Maul was just, like, the most incredible villain when he lit up his um, second lightsaber. Yep. That was mind blowing. Um, Qui Gon Jinn was a great Jedi. I feel like he, yeah, it was just like so cool. Um, the Naboo battle was tolerable, I think, you know, because there mm. was 
at that point, um, you had you hadn't seen that level of CG in a movie where you had Jar Jar Binks, you had those like little energy shields and those little mm. like you know those bombs and and just armies of droids and droid tanks like like for its for its time like you know re- kind of rewind to like 1999 it was pretty mind-blowing and i think the hate only settled in when episode two came about yeah um i think at that point Jar Jar became a detestable character because he kind of said, oh, yes, I think it's a great idea. And I'm ignoring the whole trying to make him to be, a, you know, part of a racial caricature as a character. But he was sort of set up into this position of putting a vote forward for Palpatine to declare himself emperor. Or to sorry to take um, supreme, take take um, on the role of chancellor. You just got a feeling that Jar Jar didn't deserve to be in the role of senator that he was in. I'm indifferent today. I think to the Phantom Menace, I don't feel it adds anything to the story beyond introducing us to the idea of Amidala. Anakin, we already kind of knew about if you watched in the other, in in the other um, originally broadcast order. So, but I, there I, was Qui Gon and Darth Maul, and there was Darth Maul trade wars, and, and yeah, I, you see, I I think the the opening crawl of Episode Two made it feel like the trade wars that we were having back in episode one were irrelevant to this separatist movement that was going on. It, it didn't feel to me like the narratives were well linked. Ultimately, I got the feeling... Sorry, I should go back and say, I agree that the Clone Wars saved episodes two and three. Hmm. They did not save episode one. No, they gave they gave weight to um, Order sixty six. They gave you know the emotional punch. Whereas when you watched um, Episode three, yes, and you had all these you know random Jedi being mowed down. You were like, oh, all right. Well, that's that's disappointing. I was just starting to get to like them. Yeah, yeah, and I think particularly Episode three just tried to pack too much in. Um, yeah, episode three and even episode two to an extent, they tried to fit in too much political backstory without there being enough detail given for you to be able to properly appreciate it. Oh, that's that, that's fascinating. I um... So I've gone back and watched them in the context of having watched some Clone Wars now yeah. because my son, he encouraged me to sit down and watch some Clone Wars with him last year and we probably watched 80% of it. I rewatched episodes two and three, and they didn't feel totally clunky. Episode three had previously just felt like there was absolutely no context to what was going on. Yeah, I feel like you and, could. Um, I feel like you could see George Lucas's complete vision for the prequel trilogy mm. because the Clone Wars painted 
all the bits in that were missing. It's it, you know you get a yes. complete, complete picture. Um, but going back to episode three and um, again being slightly controversial, it is my second favorite Star Wars movie of all time. I rate it above Return of the Jedi in my personal ranking list. I think episode three has has everything that you want from a from a from a Star Wars movie, and it had really great highs and lows really great action scenes the opening scene um with the massive battle over coruscant best one one of the best um star wars um battles before we got rogue one i would love to know if you'd not seen if you'd not had the clone wars to give episode three context, would it still be your third favorite Star Wars film? Probably not, because I think that 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 elevated um, Order 66 and gave it a lot more meaning mm. to the yeah, to the betrayal of the clones, to the, the mowing down of the Jedi that you had come to know and love because you got a sense of who they were, what they stood for and their camaraderie with the clones. Um, it, 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 it gave it a lot of emotional depth because I think with, without the, the series, it's just a big action fest. Yeah. I would say that the events depicted in Episode 3 are the most important events within the entire Star Wars saga. Mm. However, this does not save it as a movie. Ah. Oh. Come on, Obi Wan, like you know, like even McGregor, you know, like killed it in the movie, killed it. Yep, and 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 if only he'd successfully, the character of Anakin was really just written as a whiny kid, and it really just annoyed me. It was like he was now five years younger than he was in the Clone Wars, and. But you see that, and 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 again, this is the the benefit of the Clone Wars as well, because you see, Anakin's slow turn towards the dark side. Whereas I think, Episode Three as a as a self contained movie, almost rushed it, and used um Padme's you know betrayal almost mm. as the 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 catalyst for him turning. Whereas yep. you watch the Clone Wars, there were so many moments where I think his 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 the allure of the dark side, you know, started manifesting in Anakin. It wasn't a it wasn't just because of Padme. I I'll maintain my statement of I feel that the storytelling exec, the execution of the storytelling in Episode Three was poor. The events, the actual story around it all, and when you have it explained to you a bit better. I'm completely fine with what happens in it. I just don't feel that the message was delivered well. Oh, absolutely. But I feel like that's that's just that's just emblematic of George Lucas and the prequels. You know, I feel like the the world building was fantastic. The characters introduced was great. The ships, the settings, the planets, tick 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 tick. Just the the storytelling and the writing kind of let let it all down. Well, it's part of what makes a film. It is. It is. So, so I, I'm. I will still run with my top three 
Star Wars films in no particular order because the order changes. Oh, fascinating. Oh, it just depends on the day and what I've watched most recently and how I'm feeling about it. But episode four, simply because it affected me significantly as a kid. Um, I saw episode four for my ninth birthday in March 1978 at the Belgrave Cameo Cinema. It was something that I'd been wanting to do for the previous nine months. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing that movies used to stay in cinemas for so long. It it was in cinemas until the end of 1978, even the mid of 1979. I I felt like I'd I'd not not done my bit as a kid growing up because I hadn't been to see it three times, and most people I knew had been to see Star Wars three times. I would have, I would have done the same. I feel like you know, at that, you know, it, it was just so groundbreaking. So, yep. Episode episode four, Rogue One, and binge watching The Mandalorian. <laughs> Wait, think, where's 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 Empire? I didn't like Empire Strikes Back because it had the good guys losing and I was still at that stage in life where it just destroyed me to have the good guys lose and Darth Vader as always, he's with the forces of darkness and evil and a liar and so he's just lying to Luke when he says that he's his father. It never occurred to me that he was possibly telling the truth. I thought he was just going to be telling a great big porky pie. So... As you're such a big Star Wars fan and you grew up when Star Wars was in the theatres and in cinemas and you've actually watched episode four in a cinema, it's obviously left a pretty substantial mark on your life and you know, as um it's 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 left an indelible mark on, you know, Richard Jones. But what is your like, do you have a lot of Lego Star Wars sets? And so th- this is this is really interesting. So I don't own a lot of Lego Star Wars. My the first Lego Star Wars set that I was given. Um, so Lego Star Wars started in nineteen ninety nine, and at this time I was smack bang in the middle of my dark ages. Um, life was a bit challenging for me. I was in the process of doing my postgraduate training and and in fact when I got through this big hurdle exam I was given a copy of the dark side developers kit by my brother and this is a essentially a motorized all-terrain armor transport and this was fantastic but I'll pull it out again sometime and put it back together I just don't want to mix all the greys up with my new bits. But that was my first Lego Star Wars set. My next was the Droid Escape, which um, was... Which Droid Escape? Which Droid Escape? Which Droid Escape? The first Droid Escape. Uh, I think... think So... so That that sort of dates you as a Lego fan. Like, which Droid Escape was... Which Droid Escape was your first one? My first one was the one from 2001. I beg your pardon. 7106, but what it does have is these fantastic white printed quarter circle panels um, with all the details from the side of the side of the pod on. And then I didn't pay much attention to Star Wars 
until, I don't know, somewhere along the line, I started to just pick up the occasional set randomly. I'm not certainly not a dedicated collector of it. I do, I probably appreciate some of the storytelling of the episodes that I grew up with. I'm quite happy to just call Star Wars episodes four, five, six. I don't need the rest of it. I accept that everything else happens in the same universe. And I do enjoy that. Do you collect um, UCS sets? I don't collect UCS sets. Wow, um, that's that's amazing. That's mind blowing. Well, at the time that I I didn't come out of my dark ages until um, two thousand and nine, two thousand about two thousand and nine or so, and I realized it was when I discovered that there was such a thing as an AFOL. And at this stage, there were already sort of ten. UCS sets on the market and some of them were selling for a little bit too much and yeah. I have picked up the cantina and I'm just looking for a chance to sit down and build it I have picked up this year's X-Wing fighter I also picked up some of last year's Clone Wars sets particularly the one with Ahsoka but also the 501st battle pack I managed to find one of those on the shelf and just picked it up because I thought that's going to go quick um, you. and indeed it has apparently uh word on the street is that it's uh it's been retired in Australia for poor sales performance you can't sell something if it's not available no can't uh, the one that I have picked up this year that I'm very excited to put together sometime soon is Trouble on Tatooine. Um, I think The Mandalorian presents us with great great storytelling, great characters, and, and so it gives us a great opportunity to expand on the Star Wars universe. And I'm really I'm really glad that the Star Wars sets that we the Lego Star Wars sets that we see today are expanding on that whole expanded universe. Yeah, um, I, I'm 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 still waiting for them to restock the uh the ATSD from the Mandalorian. I'm still still waiting. Like that has not been in stock for the longest time, and I'm starting to worry. Like, have I missed out? Yeah, I think I think we've missed out on that one. Um, and. I think cancel culture probably may have a little bit to do with that following. Um, oh dear. That's going to make it worth. That's going to make it, that's going to make it even more expensive. Now that you, Oh, I, I need to buy one now. Um, but yeah, I think I, I, yeah, it's, 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 it's quite fascinating because I know like for, for a lot of Lego star Wars fans and, you know, credit to lego star wars fans for you know keeping lego afloat for um continuing to make it the successful team that it is like not a lot of licensed teams have the staying power of you know 20 you know up to 20 years mm. um and and we have had many of those same people working in lego star wars for that that whole 20, 20 year period. Um, yeah. And I feel like, um, I feel like for, and maybe this is, this is the, uh, the type of people that I hang out with, but um, some of my friends who collect or who are, you know, big Star Wars fans, they exclusively collect UCS sets. You know, that's a, that's mm. a thing. Like they just, they only buy UCS sets and you gotta, you gotta, I think I really respect people that do that. I have a very patchy 
UCS collection. Um, I think I've I've kind of only gone for ships or models that I personally like. So I've got the I've got the Y wing. I've got the Red Five X wing. Kind of regret not picking up the Snow Speeder now. Now that I think about it. Um, mm. And I have the Falcon, which I kind of rewarded myself because I was sort of like saving for it for like three years. Which Falcon? The 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 the, the current version of the Falcon. Neat. Yeah, that was a, that was a reward, and yeah, I will I will probably you know wait another two years and save up for the Star Destroyer. Mm. But yeah, um, yeah, but I think I'm the same same as you. I I, I pick up a few minifigure scale sets i think for me mm. like i really like the star wars minifigures so um i just like you know collecting and i don't have a complete collection because you know some of these cost you know cost a bomb but i do like collecting jedi i do like um you know you know filling up my collection of clone wars jedi but mm. um and i hope i hope i get around to you know finishing this review but um for star wars day i'm hoping to review my very first Star Wars set, which mm-hmm. was released in 1999 when The Phantom Menace was out. The Naboo Swamp. The Naboo Swamp. Yep. Uh, I think the, yeah, 7121. A great set. It had everything I loved or mm-hmm. all the cool bits from The Phantom Menace. It had two battle droids. It had qui-gon with a lightsaber and the lightsaber element was just mind-blowing at the time mm. and um jar jar binks as well and it was a i think the smallest set from the wave so that was the most affordable that was the only set that um that my parents could afford at that time um but funnily enough like because of the phantom menace i knew i had to go out and get it as a as a 10 year old boy but that was also the last Lego Star Wars set or the last Lego set that I can remember buying before mm. I went into my dark ages. Wow. So this this set had nine no, uh, had eighty two pieces. But I think it was unique. It was like the biggest of the small sets or the smallest of the big sets in that wave. There were a few that had a few smaller. The land speeder only had forty nine pieces back in those days. <laughs> 49. <laughs> 49 and two minifigures. What was that, like a, like an advent calendar land speeder? I'm pretty sure like modern advent calendar builds have more than 49 pieces. It feels like it, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow, that's mind-blowing. And yeah, there, there was the, uh, the X-Wing, I think, that was um, released, and that was mind-blowing, but yeah, it was just way, way outside my, my budget. But yeah, mm. very fond memories, and I love that there's a there's a land speeder there to kick things off, and an X wing, and it, was it just a, feels like a Tie Fighter and a Y wing. It's all the important bits of uh, Lego Star Wars. I think the 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 elemental building blocks of Lego Star Wars, are land speeders, um, the one man spaceships, one man spaceships. Um, droid escape. I think that's a that's that's just a hallmark of Lego Star Wars, and they'll keep churning droid escapes as 
as uh, as 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 much as they can. Perhaps and... one year we'll get one that has R two D two featuring back printing. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I yes, about time. I think I think that's the next iteration of R two D two. They'll release a, a an R two with back printing and a third leg in a droid escape set for like sixty dollars. And then that will be the final year that they run Lego Star Wars. <laughs> Because there'll be nothing left to do. Oh, there's plenty left to do. Come on. I have enjoyed the fact that they've been doing a few more, a few of the interior locations, like the various throne rooms, the carbon freeze facility, of, and indeed the um, Jewel of the Fates, where we have Qui-Gon and Darth Maul undergoing that final battle before Qui-Gon plunges with his body somewhat separated from his legs. Um. I've appreciated that we've got some of these sets out with more location-based rather than ship and action-based. Indeed, this year we've had Obi-Wan's hut. Hut, yep. Yeah, and um, a few small versions of the cantina previously. But, uh, hmm. So what's next? What um I think you said something about you know Lego Star Wars ending because they just run out of things to build. But I feel like they, I feel like the the list of what they haven't built or what they haven't released as a set is it's it's quite substantial. Like we only got a Nebulon frigate last year, but even then that was you know slightly controversial. It's a very it, limited it was... edition sort of an event it was it was would have been an event exclusive set had the event actually gone ahead um so i'd love to see a, a proper um display scale nebulon frigate i that, that, that would be empress empire strikes back was one of those films even though i didn't like the way it ended the ending of it was important and the fact that it featured a Nebulon B prominently, I think, is quite good. Um, a Calamari Cruiser, they haven't done one of those yet. Um, well, look, they kind of did, but it was it was done as a playset, the home one playset from Return of the Jedi. It's also like the only set that Mon Mothma appeared in. Mm. But that's still one more set than Aunt Beru has appeared in. So a Lars Family Homestead minifigure scale with Owen and Baru not looking like charred remains. <laughs> I would love I would love to see that set set. I I I personally want a Naboo Starfighter. I feel like they've not I I don't know why they haven't done a Naboo Starfighter. Oh, they did. One is UCS. Oh yeah, but that was like 10, 15 years ago. Oh no, it wasn't wasn't that recent. Yeah, and it had, um, and it had, and it had um, chromed, it, it yeah, had it chromed had bits in. Yep. It's, speaking of chrome bits, um, there was that ship or shuttle that they had in the Phantom Menace that was just completely just, it looked like Quicksilver. It was just like oh, shiny. Yes, they the Queen's. Done that yet. Yep. The Queen's Cruise, that one's not been done at all, has it? Yeah. So I feel like there's, I, I feel like there's a lot of, there's just there's just so much that they could explore and you know not just from the original trilogy but also 
in the in the uh, in the prequels as well, especially the prequels. I think the prequels are just untapped. I I think there's a lot more scope, especially for episode two, and I think particularly since a lot of the material has been redeemed by Clone Wars. Hmm. Mandalore sets, you know, give us a new pre Vizsla, you know, Starfighter. That would be nice. Um, gee, the Naboo Starfighter UCS back in the day when they considered 9 plus to be an acceptable age range for a UCS. And indeed, 187 pieces. Wow. A whole, well, chrome, lots of chrome pieces, and those count for way more than you know, regular pieces. Um, well, they do these days, don't they? Yeah. Uh, a new Venator. Uh, yep. Uh, and indeed, I think a new version of the Geonosis, well, anything in Geonosis, be it um, the Droid Factory, be it the Arena, be it um, Yoda versus... Bit Yoda versus Count Dooku. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're certainly missing. Um, I would like to see another run of sets based on Rebels because if you weren't paying attention to Rebels at the time, you missed out on your chance of getting a Ghost and a Phantom and oh, I remember everything when else. I feel like it's it's so funny because I remember when they could not sell ghosts to save their lives they were just languishing on target shelves and kmart shelves and no one wanted to buy them i never even saw 500 dollars. i never even saw them i remember because i was like oh you know who's gonna buy that like that's that's a silly cartoon and you know until i discovered that it was actually pretty good pretty good star wars yeah um there's the the clone facility on Camino. They they've never even went there as as a as a setting or as minifigures. And and that could work either as a an episode two set or it could even work as a Clone Wars set. Exactly. So I yeah. feel like there's 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 a lot. There's more um with the popularity of um of of the Mandalorian, more Django Fett sets. Um, I think there'll be be new sets with Book of Boba Fett, which is due to come out at the end of this year, and then we'll have a new series of Mandalorian next year, which I think will be very different to last year. I'm not even expecting that we'll get a Baby Yoda. They'll find a way to put a Baby Yoda in, I'm sure. Um, oh, we'll probably get a Baby Yoda in like the Advent calendar. I th- I feel like that's a that's that's almost a given. We're coming up to Advent calendar season. Don't forget, Christmas is seven months away. There is no doubt that people have been working on the Advent calendars already. Um, and then there's just so much of episode nine that just felt like a blur at the time. And I think having Lego sets available would help me to crystallize some of the moments in my mind. Oh, I just um, nah. I just I just feel I just feel like meh about the sequels. I just don't I just don't think about them at all. Like at least with the prequels, and this was when it was in vogue to hate on the prequels. There was 
an active hatred of the prequels and you know people made it their parts of their personality to you know crap on the prequels but yes but no one has that energy even for the sequels they're just like meh no there are people who hate who are very happy to hate on the sequels (laughs) yeah but it's it's tiring and i feel like um and that's what the you know the the mandalorian has done so well just kind of reignited interest in star wars and Mm. a lot of hope in Star Wars when there was no hope. What have we got next as far as new source material? We know that we've got the Book of Boba Fett coming out at the end of the year. There'll be new Mandalorian after that. We've also heard about Rangers of the New Republic. They've um they've they've introduced or name dropped um Tron, so that's gonna open up quite a bit, I think. Because Tron is in play. Run through. So Jay, what have we got to look forward to? over the next few weeks um are there any other sets that we'll be able to read about shortly or i've recently gone on a bit of a minions binge so i've built and reviewed the minions brickheads yes which has been which has been quite fun lots of nice fun printed elements and also have um i've also built and will hopefully have published a review on the minifigure scale minion sets which are kind of fun quite harmless quite um um if you're a minions fan great if you're not you could probably just you know skip it and i think a lot of people are just gonna look at it the same way as trolls world tour but i feel like trolls world tour had at least a bit more personality and fun elements whereas minions it's just minions unless you're a minion memer yes and there are many of those out there in which which case we can now do a Lego minion memes. I'm 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 just proud to say that I've never watched a a minions movie ever. Not even the first Despicable Me. I've never watched it from end to end. So I'm untainted, and I want to keep it that way. Look, I've been told that it's a really really good film. I've been told this by the rest of my family, who are always very keen to <laughs> ridicule me for the fact that. When I went to see it with them in the cinema, I slept through it. <laughs> this is my marker of a good film. If I slept through the whole thing, then it was probably a pretty good film. If yeah. I stayed awake through the whole thing, then I was just being angry at it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and what, have you, uh, what have you been building? I've also been building some brickheads. I've been building the um, this new Harry Potter brickheads. So there's two sets. One's Hagrid, Ron, Hermione, and Harry Potter. And the other set is Voldemort, Nagini, and Bellatrix Lestrange. And it's really interesting. If you lay these sets out, they really just look like they're landscape packs with lots of browns and tans and dark brown and dark green figures themselves are fantastic just as you'd expect there's lots of neat part usage um, as you would normally see in brickheads so you know they've got the classic neat part usage they've got a great selection of parts and a great selection of color to make them appealing Um, i'm in love with harry's eyes 
like his crazy eyes like what is up with that i have no idea what's going on there but i want it i think he's just seen something that cannot be unseen (laughs) um and the other set that i'll expect to have put a review out by it now is we've got the next in the botanic the lego botanical set this time it's a bird of paradise flower I think it's great that they have a they have a pot and I think it looks great. The mm. the construction looks very, very interesting and I wanna see how they do it because it looks quite precarious from the box images. Mm. So I'll be putting that together over the next couple of days and so by the time you're listening to this I expect they'll have published a review. We'll be thinking about some things too put together for our next podcast which will be coming up in about a fortnight there will be a lot to talk about in our next episode there will be a lot to talk about um thank you very much for listening we hope you've enjoyed the show it's been quite a lot of fun reminiscing about star wars and lego star wars and what meant to both of us if you've uh, enjoyed this podcast please leave a review on itunes that would help Um, you know more people discover this podcast thank you so much for tuning in as always we'd love to hear um, we'd love to hear from you Um, so if you could follow us on extra pieces pod on twitter and instagram or search extra pieces podcast on facebook or drop us a email or an audio voice note on um, to our email at extra pieces pod at gmail.com We'd love to hear from you. But until the next one, these are the Extra Pieces. You have been listening to Extra Pieces, a collaboration between Jay's Brick Blog and The Rambling Brick. Your hosts are Jay Ong and Richard Jones, written and produced by Jay Ong and Richard Jones. Extra Pieces can be found through your favourite podcasting platforms. Please like and subscribe, and if you like what you hear, please give us a solid five-star review. It will make it easier for other people to find us and to share the joy.